Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. In the driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, we had a good hour with Mike Schild, Cardinals manager. It was always nice to hear from him, especially after a win. We'll see if the Cardinals can finish it off tonight with a 6.08 start against the Cubs. You know something else, as much as I promote our radio broadcast, and I do often, Mike Shannon, John Rooney did a terrific job, uh, as always, Ricky Horton, Mike Claiborne, Jim Jackson. It was fun to hear Joe Buck do a game yesterday. Uh, Joe is uh, just, you know, he's one of our guys. He's a X guy. He is a St. Louisan. He is uh, a part of a legacy here in St. Louis and to hear him back on the air and uh, after a little bit of a break and doing a nationally televised Cardinals game, it felt good. And, and we are really, really fortunate in this town. I mean, Dan McLaughlin is as good as you'll find. You're not going to find a better TV guy in anywhere, any market than what Dan McLaughlin does on Valley sports Midwest. But to hear Joe jump in there with John Smoltz and Ken Rosenthal, it was it was nice. It was nice to get Joe back on the air to get that stage. And the Cardinals came through with a dramatic win. I mean, like of all games to play on national TV, that was a good one last night. Absolutely had all the storylines and even more. Joining us in studio is the man you just heard, Brian Kelly, who is ready to roll today for a 4 o'clock faceoff against the Avalanche. The Blues are on the brink of elimination. The question is, can they hold off Colorado one time? Don't even worry about four games if you're a Blues fan. Worry about one. Can they do it tonight, and how have they played so far? Is there anything in those three games that leads you to believe that they could pull this off today? There, Yeah, I think so. I thought after the... Third goal was scored in game two that they played very well, mm-hmm. dominated really the second half of that game. And I think they were going to tie the game. I hate Patrick Waugh for pulling goalies with three and a half minutes to go in games because that led to Craig Bruby's decision to pull a goalie with 240 or whatever, 220 to go in the third period the other night. They had the momentum. Uh, I, man, you know, you pull the goalie, you lose the face off, and the game's over. Boom. Yeah. And I just, I hate that decision. I got that mad the other night when he challenged that goal. And fortunately, we got the shorthanded goal, but it's like, what are you doing? There's nothing there. 
And now you're going to be shorthanded. I didn't understand that decision as well. Now it turned out okay because we got the shorty. But uh, no, I thought I thought the Blues played very well in game the second half of game two and in game three. And in game three, it was Grubauer who just uh, shut the door on them. They need to get more traffic in front, as we always say, I think, and and so he can't see the puck. But uh, I have hope that they can pull it out today. And and like you said, let's just win one and at least send it back to to Denver. That's all it takes is one at a time. And Craig Berube, as Benjamin Hockman pointed out in his column this morning on Above the Fold in the Post-Dispatch, I like reading the newspaper uh, in the morning with a cup of coffee, is that uh, Berube's been through this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, Kyle Clifford's been through this before, too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, Berube's been through this before with the Flyers over the Bruins, so we'll see. Uh, you know, it feels like the Avs, and you mentioned, don't let him go on the power play. It seems like they've been 100% on the power play. It's actually 33%. They're three for yeah. nine. That's still good. Uh, but the Blues haven't been uh, the smartest in, when it comes to staying out of the box. But then again, boy, they've had some calls. I, I don't like criticizing officials because they're human, but... It feels very one-sided, Brian. I yeah. mean, I, I just there have been some calls. I'm like, what in the world? And then all I have to do is look at Craig Berube <laughs> letting him have it. Well, he, I like when he pulls his mask down and gives him yeah. a little little thought. Yeah, uh, the breakaway the other night, you know, you get a broken stick. That's become an automatic penalty, and that's the one time they don't call that an automatic penalty when the guy dives out and breaks your stick yeah. on a breakaway. Really? And then the the pick that was set the other night in in Colorado, and then a few minutes later, the Blues get a penalty that wasn't much. Uh, you know, usually uh, the team with most talent is going to draw more penalties because they're quicker, they're faster, and the other team has to kind of clutch hold and and hook to contain them. And so you expect maybe the better team to get a few, an, another power play or two. But when the calls are as bad as they have been, you really just wonder. It's not just that the more talented team is getting the, the calls. The Blues are out hitting the Avs 93-55 to 55 mm-hmm. in this series. I mean, they are bringing it. They're playing a physical game, but they have made some mistakes, and especially early in the series, leaving yeah. Nathan McKinnon all by himself uh, in the slot is a huge mistake, and that's something, of course, to watch today. But I think what it really comes down to is the Blues just need to score. Yeah. I mean, what? where's Mike Hoffman? Where's Vladimir Tarasenko? Where's Ryan O'Reilly? I mean, you know, where are the goal scorers on this team? Where's Braden Shen? Where's Jaden Schwartz? I mean, it, at some point, the, I, I love them all, but these guys got to score. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what they're there for, right? I mean, aside from some other things. And they need help from their teammates to get in front of the net and actually not stand to the side of Grubauer, but stand right in front of them. You watch the, the other night, the couple of goals from Denver, from Colorado, from the blue line, there were two avalanche in front of Bennington. He had no idea where the puck was going, and that's every play. Or they'll skate right in front of him as the shot's coming in. And the Blues tend to stand on the side too much. They need to get right in front of him and and get the shots closer to the ice where they're more deflectable. I think Hoffman, while he hasn't scored, I think he has been one of the Blues' better players from a, the the. 200-foot game standpoint. He has let some rip, really, for sure. There, there were times during the season where I thought that he just did not play any defense at all, uh, but I think he's been playing a good, solid, full game for the Blues. He just hasn't been able to score in the playoffs. Leads the team with shots on goal with 10. Jordan Cairo has 9, mm-hmm. and so does uh, Tory Krug. O'Reilly has 7 shots on goal. 
Uh, Colton Pareko has seven. There's another guy who you could use yeah. uh, a boomer back there to score. I'd love to see one get through. Schwartz has seven shots on goal. I'll give you another one. Look, some of these players might be dealing with injuries that we don't know about. Yeah. I mean, we learned sometimes after the series that so-and-so is bra- playing on a fractured foot or something, you right. know. But, like, where's Robert Thomas? Yeah. I mean, you know, you could use a highly uh, energized and electric Robert Thomas when he has the puck on his stick in open space. It's like, oh, baby, here, something exciting is going to happen. So yeah. you got to figure out a way to get him going, too. Yeah, you do. And, and one of the other things we have to remember, and, and not to make excuses, but, you know, the way they played the other night without Justin Falk, I thought was tremendous. Yes. I, I was expecting, I mean, the 5-1 was the final that was not a 5-1 game. It seemed like the Blues had a lot of pressure, but every time Colorado came down the ice, they scored for a while there. Uh, but I think overall, without Falk in particular, they played an, an amazing game at the defensive end after a really slow start. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't think Tarasenko's close to 100%, and I don't think Pareko's close to 100%, although he played very well the other night mm-hmm. for the most part. But, uh, yeah, Robert Thomas is kind of a mystery because he's got all the talent in the world. Sometimes he passes on shots too often, which a lot of players do these days. But, yeah, we, we need something from those guys to – and they got to score. Like you said, <laughs> you can play great games, but if you don't score, it's, it doesn't matter. Santini, to your point, had eight hits in game three, mm-hmm. and uh, there were some times where he looked pretty good. Uh, I'm I'm – Always excited about a playoff game. I don't care. It's 0-3. You know, find a way. Mm-hmm. Find a way to win it and send the thing back to Denver because, you know, Colorado's chance of winning this series is 99.99%, but there's always that little sliver. And if, for some reason, Colorado trips up at home in game five, huge doubt comes into your mind. Yeah. Because you absolutely must win game six because you don't want to deal with a game seven situation and a team that's flying that was once down Oh three. I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but you'd have to win that game six here. So, you know, it's, it's best for Colorado to put this thing away. Uh, it's not easy to win that fourth game. So no, we'll see. Never is. And again, the blues, you know, it's a cliche one game at a time, but it has been done rarely. I don't, believe the blues can do it i just think colorado's the better team they but really hey, are a step at a time they're, they're they're showing that they can play with them i think they're showing that they can beat them they just have to get it done it's not the same blues big heavy blues team from two years no. ago when they won the stanley cup they do have very good talent but for whatever reason it just has not worked uh, i know things have gone against them i know they've had injuries i know they've had everything it seems Your top scorers out too yeah i mean you know. david Perron's yeah. out they've had COVID issues they've had this they've had that uh, but it's tough, and it'll be another time for another day if they don't end up winning here to talk about what the future looks like. But we'll deal with game four first. Especially okay? in a division uh, that has Colorado and Vegas. Yeah, that's, that's right. You know, you got two really talented teams up above you right now, and you're going. And Doug Armstrong in the offseason is going to have to figure out how we're going to catch up with them talent-wise. Vegas is up 3-1 in its series with the Wild. They've come alive and won three straight. Colorado's up 3-0, so those two look like they're on a collision course to face each other, which would be a dynamite series. Mm -hmm. But the Blues still have a a game to play. I mean, they have a game to play today at 4 o'clock, and you just never know. We'll be making noise, Tom, I promise you. I would assure that is the truth. I don't Uh, have to save my voice for tomorrow. Friday night, I couldn't yell much because I had to be in at 4 in the morning and try to do a radio show, but I got tomorrow off to recover. Good man. Good man. (laughs) Carolina's up 2-1 on Nashville. Montreal and Toronto are 1-1. Winnipeg leads Edmonton 2-0. Boston's now up 3-1 on Washington. Pittsburgh and the Islanders are two apiece. 
And here comes Patrick Maroon and the Tampa Bay Lightning again. They're up 3-1 on Florida with Game 5 tomorrow. They can put them away, a Florida team that it, uh, for a portion of the season was the number one team in hockey. Mm-hmm. And the Tampa Bay Lightning just know how to get it done. So. They do. We'll watch that very closely. BK, we appreciate it. Thank you, Tom when LGB. Yes, sir. When we come back, it's Dan Reardon joining us from Kiowa Island, South Carolina at the PGA Championship. We'll take a look at Phil Mickelson's run to history, quite possibly making one of the greatest days in the history of the sport a reality. We'll see. Back after this. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Well, I can't wait to settle in later this afternoon for some PGA Championship golf with the Cardinals playing a night game. It just sets up perfectly for the fans of the game here in St. Louis. And Phil Mickelson leads the PGA Championship going into Sunday. Joining us from Kiowa Island, the ocean course, it is our very own Dan Reardon, who has covered majors for a number of years and is doing the very thing live and in person. How are you, Dan? I'm doing fine, uh, and good afternoon from Kiowa, Tom. That's right. It is 1224 in Kiowa Island, where before we talk about Phil, something that's jumped out at me right away Hello, Justin Rose. He is five under for the day through eight holes and has pulled himself now to one under for the championship and six shots behind Phil. That tells me that this is a gettable golf course right now, is it? Yeah, Tom, you know, I'm a little mystified because on the telecast that I'm watching, they're still pitching the story of the wind. Mm -hmm. And I just tweeted out just a few minutes ago that literally, if you were here, you could not fly a kite. The wind speed is so low. Now, whether that comes up in the afternoon or not, I don't know. But let's expand on Justin Rose shooting 31 on the front nine and a five under round. Abraham Answer is six under on his round with three holes to play. And I counted up right before we went on the air. I had 26 players in red numbers on the course at this time. So it may come up and bite the leaders. Uh, if, if that forecast holds true, it'll be a very entertaining afternoon. But right now, if I'm sitting there at two under par, one under par, uh, going into the round, I'm thinking I can go low. You know, answer could could at, at worst par in and shoot 66. I think the potential of the weather doesn't change if somebody could go lower than that. Wow, interesting. So, and then another name that jumps out at me. You know, we do talk about Phil and Brooks paired together. Louis Oosthuizen is very capable of winning this tournament. Bryson DeChambeau sitting there at two under. I mean, if if the wind's not messing around with people, isn't he someone that can make a quick climb? Absolutely. You know, his problem early in the week with the high winds was he hit such a high ball. So his ball is impacted, not just in terms of distance. Bryson doesn't struggle for distance issues, but in terms of direction. But with this, what I would describe as a breeze going on, he has that potential to go out and throw a number, as a number of players do. You know, I'm, I'm looking at Gary Woodland starting the day at 200 par, former U.S. Open champion, you know, he shot even par 72 yesterday with three double bogeys on the card. Okay, well, the three double bogeys might be a little bit wind-related or or not, uh, but I, I keep coming back to this notion. Patrick Reed has started out with an eagle at the second and a birdie at the third. I just think that that potentially – and the players buy into that right away. They know what the what – the, uh, the field is doing before they get here. And it sets a mind, uh, uh, an attitude of aggressiveness that 
as I said, it could change. But if it doesn't change, that aggressive attitude, and then we have the closing holes. Even if the wind comes up, it's not coming up on the closing holes as a negative. It's a positive. So I I just think Mickelson at 50 is a great story. Kepka with a bad knee and trying to win three of the last four PGA championships is a great story. Ustaisen looking for for the first ever win on American soil, even though he has an open champion, a great story. And then just play it down the board, as you said. DeChambeau, Brandon Grace, Joaquin Neiman, Gary Woodland, all those players. And then, you know, I'm going to go out today and watch Jordan Spieth and Ricky Fowler. They're sitting at even par. Well, Jordan, yeah, Jordan's certainly capable of going out and throwing a 65 at the field. And if he, if he would throw a 65 and get to seven under, does that mean that he catches a Mickelson or Kepka who have to play a little more conservatively because they're, they're at the top of the board? I just think it's, it's going to be a fun, fun afternoon. And I hope the weather is what it is today. To, uh, what we're seeing right now, because then I think the volatility will be even greater. Yeah, it's really interesting. Spieth shot a 68 yesterday, Fowler 69, very good round, so we'll see if they make the climb, and right now, Mickelson leads it. He gave up a five-shot lead yesterday, so who knows what could happen today, but he looks like he's having fun, he's playing well, and if he emerges victorious today, what does it mean for the sport, and where does it rank among the great wins in the sport? Well, you know, I, I talked to Jaime Diaz yesterday and asked him to put it in perspective. I said, if Mickelson wins at age 50 here, uh, how does that compare to Tiger winning the Masters and coming back? And, and I agree with Jaime's answer, which was, from a headline standpoint, Tiger is a bigger story because he is Tiger and because he came back from not only injury but adversity. But he, he said, in terms of being a golf story, at age 50, Mickelson winning a major is probably a better golf story than Tiger winning at the Masters because Tiger has won at the Masters a number of times. Nobody has won uh, a major at age 50. The closest we've seen was Tom Watson at at, uh, 59, uh, at 59 years of age, lost by a stroke to Stuart Sink. And the last time we have seen a major being led for one round by a player was 2010 when Fred Couples led the first day of the Masters. So historically, I I think the bigger story, obviously, is a Mickelson win. And I do think it's within his range. You know, when he he glitched yesterday, it was a two-hole stretch, and he popped right back and then had a great par save on 18. And his statistics into the wind and against the wind are the best of anybody in the field. Everybody else in the field swings very positively or very negatively depending on wind conditions. Mickelson is under par into the wind and downwind. So he has... He has built that into his game, even if the wind comes up. Wow. Uh, You know, when I think about Phil Mickelson's career, and it is already Hall of Fame and and legendary, you know, you always think about the last moment, I feel like. You know, with Michael Jordan, although it wasn't his last moment, you think about the shot against the Utah Jazz. With Jack Nicklaus, it was the win at age 46 at the Masters. For Phil Mickelson, this would be not only a topper uh, in, in what has been a great career, but I think it would be the moment. Absolutely. And, and let's do a little tease here. What about the possibility that since he's a senior, he shows up in St. Louis in September to play in the Ascension Tournament? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be a story to have the 50-year-old PGA champion playing as a senior in St. Louis at Norwood Hills? I mean, there's a, like I said, there's there's a lot that plays into that. And it's not – not, a done deal. And I think if you were handicapping that you would handicap that the Kepka or Hustizen or somebody else is a more likely candidate simply because Mickelson has done nothing in the last couple of years that suggests this is going to hold true. But 
his only problem right now is not physical. His only problem is mental concentration. And it may be under the tension of this circumstance, concentration becomes even easier for him because he's not playing in that sort of freewheeling spirit that he normally plays. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I can tell you that at the Vegas odds, or at least the FanDuel odds, if you're interested in that, because I was looking at that earlier, I was wondering who they would have as their favorites. They have Kepka as the favorite to win this today. Mickelson, though, behind him, then Ustazen, then Streelman, then DeChambeau, and then Grace. This is the latest. Now, they move these odds constantly, but that's how they have it lined up right now. For Kepka, no one's ever done that. No one's ever won three or four PGA championships since they went to stroke play. And he is, uh, you know, he, he's, a, he's a fighter. Uh, he's just, he like, he reminds me and being around him at Bell Reeve and Beth Page, Dan, just, he reminds me of some of the athletes that we've covered here on KMOX through the years with football and basketball and hockey and baseball. He is just a, you know, he's an athlete. He's a fighter. He's got a football player's mentality. And, and the only time that I can recall where Kepka has played his way into position to win a major and not finish was last year at Harding Park when Morikawa won. But other than that, when Brooks Kepka contends, Brooks Kepka tends to win. And, and, and that's the, the, the fighter you talk about. And when he gets into that mentality, I was a little surprised that he bogeyed 18 yesterday to, to fall one shot behind. Uh, and his game is not that crisp because he hasn't played that much because of the knee surgery. So there's a lot of unknown about him, but what's not unknown about him is, like I said, his ability to handle pressure down, down the stretch. He won't crack under the circumstances today. Pressure will not be the reason if he doesn't win this championship. It will be his game that is the reason. You know, I have a new favorite player on the tour. I have a lot of favorites, but I have a new favorite. And this was not because of what he did here in his first major, but I saw it uh, in some past videos. I just feel like he's a fun interview and someone that we all can relate to. I like Harry Higgs. I like him a lot. He's uh, yeah, I, he's out on the course right now. Or actually, he's about to tee off, isn't he, Dan? That's correct. I was just seeing him on the range warming up, and uh, he's about to get onto the course. There's a lot of those kind of names on, on the board, and, and some of them, like I said, have played their way into contention. Um, this is a good tournament. Uh, I think Kerry Hay has done a wonderful job of keeping this golf course pretty soft around the greens so the players can score. And now that the wind is less than it has been. I said to Mark Reardon the other day, I said, one of the things people aren't talking about is there were no putts being made the first two days when the winds were up. And I think the wind was the factor. I think the players were missing by an inch or two on either side because the wind was, was taking that ball out of the cup as it died. I don't think that's the case today. We've seen a number of good putts being made today. So whether it's a Harry Higgs or a Martin Laird or a Patrick Reed who has played his way up the board, uh, there's just so many interesting personalities that could have. I mean, Answer now has picked up another birdie. He's seven under oh. on his round today. Oh. And, he's got, and he's got two holes to play. He started at a six over. He's one under par now. So right now he's working on a 65 with two holes to play. Yeah, you're going to see some movement today, folks. This PGA Championship is going to be unbelievable. Uh, Dan Reardon is joining us live from there. Just a few things left, Dan. Kiowa Island, the ocean course. Uh, in terms of the scene of having fans and having galleries, does it sound bigger than the 10,000 that they say are there? It, it does sound bigger, and in, and in effect, it is bigger for this reason. Uh, this golf course is a hard walk because – 
to get all, all the way out to the end of it on the on the front side or the back side is a major test because everything goes in a straight line. There are no crossing holes anywhere on this golf course. So if, if it's 4,000, you're working, walking out 2,000, you're walking back 2,000. So the end result is nobody goes out to the tip. Most people go out to about the fourth hole on one side or they go out to the 14th hole on the other side. And so you take that gallery of 10 or 12,000 and you squeeze it down to half of the golf course. And now it becomes a whole different situation. And then with the kind of leaderboard we have, you'll compact them even more. So you're going to see, I can recall being here at the Ryder Cup in 91. And I was lucky enough to be inside the ropes sitting there on 18 when Bernhard Langer missed that five-footer and give the Americans their Ryder Cup win. You can squeeze a lot of people into the amphitheater around 17 and 18. And even if you don't have the 40,000 that they had here in uh, 2012, if you have that 12,000 and you squeeze them into this very narrow area, you're going to hear explosion if, if the kind of scoring we think is going on takes place this afternoon. That's exciting. We look forward to it. We're going to be paying very close attention to it. The PGA Championship next year is at Southern Hills in Tulsa, and we're going to be joined here momentarily by the PGA Championship Director, Brian Carnes, who at the end of today will officially take over the reins for the 104th. Dan, we were, of course, all over Bell Reeve. We also went and provided coverage for our company, Odyssey, uh, at Beth Page in New York. And we were not able to, even though we had it lined up, but we were not able to go to Harding Park because of COVID. And that's kind of what kept us from Kiowa and making plans for that. But we'll be exciting to be back. And I have every intention to have team coverage at Southern Hills. I think that's Cardinals territory. Okay. I'm claiming it. And I think that uh, we can get a lot of fans down there, Dan. And uh, it could be the big comeback of the PGA Championship from that standpoint. And that's a great golf course. And as opposed to the last time they had a major at Southern Hills in August, it won't be 108 degrees uh, in May. I kind of like these May. I, 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 I like May for them. I, it's like the start of summer, and it's, the I think, the peak of golf season in a lot of ways. Everyone's kind of getting out and starting to play. It's a, it's a good – I like the arrangement. I don't think they should ever go back. I like this lineup of Masters, PGA, U.S. Open, and the Open. It is a nice run. It's nice. Dan, appreciate the coverage very much. Thanks for joining us. Enjoyed it, Tom. Dan Reardon joining us from Kiowa Island in South Carolina. That's fun. Uh, when we come back, Brian Carnes is going to join us, and the PGA Championship Director at Southern Hills will be along with us to talk more about what's unfolding at Kiowa. This is fascinating. Phil Mickelson is the leader, but there is some serious movement going on right now. And it is going to be some year for the PGA Championship if Mickelson wins, but really if anybody wins this thing. Brian Carnes joins us next on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Well, we do have some movement at the PGA Championship. Uh, Justin Rose making the turn. He is five under for the day, one under for the championship. Patrick Reed, as Dan Rudin told us in the last segment, with an eagle and a birdie. He's three under for the day, one under for the championship. They're in a tie for 10th. There has been uh, some movement for sure at the PGA Championship today and continuing on with 
Phil Mickelson teeing off at 1.30 St. Louis time. It is worth keeping an eye on. That is for sure. Joining us right now is someone who's definitely keeping an eye on things, and that is the PGA Championship Director for the 104th in 2022 at Southern Hills in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Brian Carnes is with us on KMOX. Brian, thank you so much for being with us. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well, Tom. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, it's a little, little, little busy here. Just uh, you know, trying to you know really get through the the, the KitchenAid Senior PGA we have this week. But certainly, uh, all just kind of one one big ball of excitement for for Tulsa and, and Major Championship Golf right now. Yeah, you start that up this week, so you got a lot of things on your plate. That's for sure. By the way, I should mention that Abraham Answer is now six under for the day. Can you believe all this? I mean, we got some. We got. We're gonna be in for an absolute treat this afternoon. I, I, I totally agree, and, and I wish I was in front of my TV a little bit more to, to watch this, but certainly as we're going in and out and, and putting the finishing touches on our preparation for, for this week, um, you know, trying to keep my eye on it because, yeah, it, it matters a lot, not only just, you know, being a, a part of the PJ of America family and, and, you know, caring about who wins, but that's going to be uh, our defending champion and, and who the Tulsa community is going to see come in here next year and, uh um, so yeah, it's it's an exciting time as as again these two events are right here in front of us and we have this incredible opportunity uh, here at Southern Hills, which is you know one of the iconic golf courses. Yeah, it really is. We have every intention of being there. We covered the PGA Championship at Belle Reve in 2018. We as a team covered it for our company in 2019. The St. Louis crew at Beth Page. We we're unable, of course, because of COVID, to go to these last two, Harding Park and Kiowa. But we are right back in it, uh, and we'll be pushing to get to Tulsa and Southern Hills. And you mentioned this week. I mean, the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship is happening, and you'll have a lot of major winners there and you know I remember the seniors being here in 2013 at Bell Reeve so we had five years to play with you have one year so yep. how do you do that from one tournament to the next well you know it's it's I think we're, we're able to to honestly harness a lot of the enthusiasm and excitement for this and and it's almost really the perfect storm of things because you know you have everyone coming out of, of really the last year where, the, where they were you know, locked at home and not going to live sporting events. And, and we knew, you know, from a very early part of this process, maybe even two years ago, that we were going to have a lot of success in Tulsa. Um, you know, I remember going to the to the, to the Senior PJ in 2013, and, and we had huge crowds at Bell Reeve and a great market to support a championship there, as was, was 2018. Uh, but Tulsa's really ripe for, for that, um, you know, sort of Champions Tour type event because, you're not really competing with a lot in in late May, uh, whereas you know in, in St. Louis, obviously, you have the Cardinals and a lot of other things. Uh, you know, in, in this state, uh, as long as you're not competing in the fall against college football, uh, it, it's really kind of the the ideal time. And so we knew we were already going to have a lot of excitement and enthusiasm. The corporate support uh, was really through the roof, beyond kind of anything we had we had hoped for. And then when we were able to start, you know, really packaging you know, opportunities at 21 to 22. So, you know, you buy a ticket to the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship, you're first in line for the PGA Championship. And I'm sure a lot of people in St. Louis remember that ticket registration process and how, you know, if you didn't get in early, uh, you know, you, you really struggled to get championship round tickets. And so we're doing a very similar program here. And we really just have that captive audience because for the last two years, they've been waiting to go, uh, you know, to the KitchenAid Senior PGA. And then all of a sudden to go, oh, my gosh, we get this this year. Um, and then next year we get the full-blown PGA Championship. Uh, I don't know that I've felt this level of excitement in a community. And it's certainly more palpable uh, when you're in a community of this size where, where really it's it's kind of, 
what everybody's talking about right now. Totally. You're going to have, you're going to be able to tell the story of the PGA championship at full throttle. I mean, I truly believe that you're going to have the galleries back yep. at, at full bore. And I remember in 2018 when Tiger Woods was here and he marveled at the crowd and, and the, the enthusiasm and the raucous nature of the crowd. And I said to myself, you know what that is? I looked out over the course and I said, that's Cardinal Nation. I mean, they're coming in yep. from all over the place, all over the region. And I would count Tulsa right there. I mean, you are Cardinal Nation. And I'm sure you're excited to see Cardinals fans make their way down in what will be a really short drive to Tulsa to go see a PGA championship back in our territory. Yeah, it's I, I've got a, a lot of experience with with Cardinal Nation, and I actually, you know, my my wife um, is, you know, we both she grew up in Tulsa, she's a Cardinals fan, and so early on in our marriage, we made a number of trips, and we were still living in Tulsa. I'm still living in Tulsa back now, but we've before we started moving around, we'd we'd make a trip up there, um, you know, every summer. Uh, she just grew up as a fan, and then you know, being uh, you know, growing up in Stillwater, Oklahoma, home of Matt Holiday. Uh, once, once he obviously became a member of the Cardinals, uh, became a huge thing for us and our family to go up there. And uh, it, it really is, um, you know, baseball fandom at its finest. Uh, I've, I, I just I enjoy going up there, being at those games, uh, and, and it, it just blows me away. You know, working in professional sports, you know, whether it's seeing NBA, NFL. Uh, there's so few fan bases that operate uh, the way uh, Cardinal Nation does, and 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 so it was always a high point for us to go to those games. And certainly, we were we were at their markets. I lived in Chicago for a couple of years, uh, D.C. Um, you know, made it. You know, got out and got to see the Cardinals when they were on the road. But um, it, it really is a special part, and it's a really. It's a, it's a great thing about the Midwest to have that fan base because uh, they, they do, um, I think, on a national level, really resonate with people. Well, we have a great connection with Tulsa, and there's just another one in Matt Holiday helping out Josh down there at Oklahoma State. Uh, Brian, before we go, I want to make sure that fans understand two things. One is that at the end of today, you will officially take the reins of the PGA championship in 2022. But second, there is a way for people to get tickets. How do they get tickets to the PGA championship, Brian? Right. So it's a, it's a registration program like we've done um, at many previous events, like we did at, uh, in, at Bell Reeve in 2018. People can go to the website, pgachampionship.com. Uh, they can register there, and basically what happens is you get put in an advanced group. So when our tickets go on sale, uh, there's going to be a priority window for those people uh, that if you don't register, you're not a part of that. So if you don't get in um, by the end of next week, so instead of you know sort of starting this transition after this year's PGA Championship, we're just going to keep it going for one more week for the Tulsa market because we have the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship here. Uh, but we've made it really easy. You just go to the website, you register, and then you're going to get notified when you have that window of opportunity. Uh, certainly for anyone in the St. Louis area that's within driving distance and wants to come out and see the greatest senior golfers in the world, we're going to be out here next week. Uh, we still have a few tickets left. And people that buy tickets to the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship, they'll be able uh, to actually get sort of the priority, priority access. Those will be the first buyers. Uh, certainly want to take care of the people here that have supported us. So there's really two ways to do it. Um, and, and, and really our, our feeling is that uh, by the time those two groups have a chance, we got a great membership here at, at, at Southern Hills. We work through that group. There's not going to be very many tickets left. Uh, again, as I'm sure you, you've witnessed in that market, people are excited to be back. And now that they can start circling things on their calendar, start planning ahead, uh, live events, I think there's going to be a boom in the next you know, 18 to 24 months.
Yeah, there's no question. May 2022. It'll be here before you know it. And the PGA Championship is at Southern Hills, which is a fantastic golf course in Tulsa. I can't wait. I am every intention to be there with our crew and uh, to document another major. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'll tell you, if your champion is Phil Mickelson, it'll take it to an either another level. But if it's Brooks Kepker or Louis Oosthuizen, I don't think it really matters. It'll be a great, great time, Brian. We appreciate this very much. Hey, well, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate your support and certainly look forward to welcoming you next year. Looking forward to it. We'll stay in touch for sure. That's Brian Carnes, the PGA Championship Director at Southern Hills in 2022. They are a year away. I still get just great memories and chills when I think about how much fun we had at Belle Reve in 2018. Of course, the PGA Tour Champions, the Ascension PGA Tour Champions uh, Charity Classic, presented by Emerson, is coming to St. Louis in September at Norwood Hills. Definitely a lot of fun. Golf is a huge industry here in St. Louis and in the surrounding area. Quick break, come back, wrap up the show after this. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gunner. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Our thanks to Brian Carnes, the PGA Championship Director. Great to have him on Sports on a Sunday Morning. Thanks to Dan Reardon reporting live. From Kiowa Island, KMOX is all over that. Of course, we're all over the Cardinals, who play tonight right here at 6.08 against the Cubs. And a little earlier, we had Mike Schilt, Cardinals manager, on for an hour. He gave us an update on Miles Michaelis. We're really hopeful that no structure, nothing structural is taking place. Um, imaging is, is uh, looks initially positive. There'll be a second, um, there'll be a second uh, opinion towards it, and we'll see what that exactly means but it looks like structurally um things seem to be fairly intact and not sure exactly um what he's dealing with and how severe but obviously it's something that prohibited him from continuing and and um you know we're very hopeful that that it's nothing too serious but you know he looked great for four innings and and um you know, thought it was something that required him to come out, and I'm glad he was able to communicate it. So we'll keep uh, tabs on that, of course, as the Cardinals push forward today with Adam Wainwright on the hill tonight against the Cubs trying to win the series. Cardinals have a three-game lead in the NL Central over Chicago. Blues play this afternoon at 4. Our thanks to Brian Kelly for talking a little hockey with us. 4 o'clock face-off for the Blues and the Avalanche. Game 4 of this best-of-seven series. Avs lead at 3-0. Can the Blues pull off a win and send the thing back to Denver, we'll see. Thanks to producer James O'Sullivan and to all of our guests. Sports on a Sunday morning wraps up. We'll catch you at 5.13 for our Ameren Total Access show with Joe Pott on KMOX. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.